0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Max Kaufman. He is joining us via Skype from uh, from the Black Book Gallery in Denver, actually. He's getting prepared for a uh, show there on the 15th. He's been doing a little, like, uh, I think he referred to it as a poor man's residency. Um, hanging out in Denver, working on a bunch of new work that he's, uh, he's excited to be showing. Uh, we talk about all that. Um, as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast. You get all the information about the artists over there. You could subscribe via iTunes. The more subscribers, the better, the higher we get on the rankings, uh, makes it uh better for everybody and makes me want to keep doing this i've got to this point let's i think i'm just gonna throw this out there and be honest i've got to this point where um like the podcast is starting to wear on me doing it all the time it's weird i've kind of stopped listening to podcasts as much as i used to so there's been uh i've had less interest in doing it to be quite honest um i know it's like It even sounds pretentious to say, but like, it it seems like by the emails that I get, it seems like it's a resource for people. Like, and I know that you guys are out there listening to it. Um, the show doesn't really generate any income. So like, and it takes a lot of time and I know I fucking bitch and whine and moan about it all the time. Uh, but it's, it's difficult to do in such a way that's not like physically difficult, like difficult, like digging ditches is difficult, but, um, it does take up a lot of my time and I'm getting prepared for this, uh, solo show that I'm doing in San Francisco. It's going to be actually June 7th at the Nowheresville Gallery, uh, on 14th Street. It's Paul Urich's spot. Uh, go back and listen to his episode and you will we, we'll talk, you can hear us talk about it a little bit. Um, so I'm working on that and I just decided I, I started writing a film. I think I've mentioned it maybe in the last couple episodes, uh, I started writing a screenplay, which I I started writing one when I was in my early 20s and just never got past like the first few pages of it. But sort of built up a story. Um, now that I kind of have some more stories in my head, uh, some more experience, I'm I started uh, I started writing another one, and I'm actually I'm gonna shoot it and and put it out. So hopefully I will be able to. I want to. The goal is to do chapter one of the film. It might the whole film might end up being short. It might be a short or it might be long. I'm thinking it's going to be a short. Just depends on how many like fancy, pretty like shots go into it, or how how fast the story can be told if it needs to be uh, drawn out or whatever. So um, I'm doing that, and it's funny. It's it's one of these things where if. You want to do something new, like to just try something brand new. This would be my first movie I've ever made. Even though I've done some stuff before that kind of has set me up for for this, but um, you just got to do it. I think uh, if you just talk about doing it and like plan to do something, it rarely happens. You just got to like jump in and do it. So I'm doing that. So you know, with that, uh, besides making art, art takes a really long time to make. Uh, and the podcast takes a really long time to make it, it seems like it's just an hour, but it's actually much more than that so that's just what's going on in my head i'm not I don't wanna put any guilt trips on anybody um just how things are going uh on this end um so we'll see where we go i'm not I'm not making any plans any you know just play it by ear keep it cool see what happens um Ugh, that's a pretty depressing way, I guess, to sort of jump into this podcast. But I had a really great talk with Max. It was, um, it was nice to get to know him. We've, we've known each other via the social medias for a long time, which is, you know, the common theme. I think that might be part of it. There's so many commonalities amongst, uh, all these people that me giving the interviews all the time gets a little monotonous for me. Shit! Why does it sound so negative? Fuck i actually feel really positive which is is funny so all right i should shit i should stop this therapy session that's sativa i usually don't smoke the sativas and now uh, it's making me uh spill my guts over here all right so uh make sure you go follow me at mike maxwell art on all the social medias or or not whatever um Do follow Producer Lex at Producer Lex on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find Max Kaufman out there. He goes by Witty Banterism on a bunch of stuff. And uh, Max Kaufman on the Facebooks. Follow him. And if you're in the Denver area, make sure you go check out his show March 15th at the Black Book Gallery. Uh, Really cool space. It shows a lot of, like, awesome young people art young people art. what the fuck is that jesus this intro is really good today amazing all right so i'm gonna stop talking now and just get right into this thing so ladies and gentlemen without further ado mr max kaufman
1: There,
0: mr max kaufman how are you
1: hello uh,
0: in the intro i was just i was discussing with myself and what will be a future audience on how to actually pronounce your last name whether it's the Kaufman or like Andy Kaufman,
1: oh no, it's uh, it's just Kaufman. It's kind of the the Jewish uh, pronunciation,
0: I guess. Right? Is there a difference? I know the other one sounds awfully German. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say. I think the other one's German. I think, I think actually, the mine is there's some German lineage in it. Uh-huh. But uh, I think it's just it's the A U versus like the O or the. Maybe the extra F in there. Does I know, something. right?
0: It, it's it, every single artist that I have on the show, especially somebody who I haven't met personally. Like, there's so many names that it's really hard to decide. What, it could go multiple ways, and most people don't ever yeah. think about it. But because I'm like saying people's name regularly, it's like fuck. I need to figure out exactly how it is to say. Because it. it's always annoying. I think I have such an easy, like, regular name that it's easy. <laughs> yeah. There's no question it's not I...
1: moxwell it's maxwell <laughs> yeah
0: i want to start doing that though maybe i should be like that's not it how
1: it a, it's like a little more regal if you're like mr moxwell or <laughs> yeah
0: put a weird enunciation on the a for sure
1: All i always right. find uh that i there's certain artists names who i will say wrong for months or even years just because i read it a certain way so phonetically i'm like oh this is so-and-so and then like you meet them and you're like hey good to meet you and you're like that's
0: not yeah it's not anywhere close that's i just said, my buddy uh called me to about this mural project that we might work on and he said this other artist's name and i was like no and you know what's funny it's like a graffiti artist so you never yeah. actually it's always spelled wrong you know so you never <laughs> actually know how to pronounce it sometimes in those things yeah and so i was like no i think it's this way and he got like bitter at me because <laughs> because i corrected him on how the name should be but it, yeah. it's such a thing that i have to like consider now it's so silly so I wanna thank you for first for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Um you and I have never met before, but I feel like we've known each other since like the early Flickr days, like in terms of like social media style of knowing. Yeah,
1: somebody. yeah I think um I think Flickr and even maybe like MySpace. I remember seeing your work and I oh, kinda MySpace my, stuff's, that... my stuff's changed a ton over the years, but like I definitely was early on Flickr and MySpace and that's definitely like the very first way I started ever getting my work out into the world.
0: Yeah, it was it it, it was you know for me I've I just uh I just posted on my Facebook that I uh I just canceled my Pro Flickr account. Yeah. Dude, it was. I looked at. I was like, you know what? Shit, I, I'm still paying money for that stupid account. I was like, I better go look. And literally, it's like two months from now, they were gonna get ready to hit me with another another fee. And it's the same thing. I I get the same exact uh, benefits from what's now available for free if somebody just signs up for Flickr because before you were all, there wasn't all these websites to store all this information.
1: Yeah, Flickr was the only thing, or like, there were you know, like Photo Bucket and stuff like that, but they were just not very user-friendly. I think Flickr even switched over. They, I mean, they saw how good Instagram was doing and they kind of like switched and they're like, you can have a terabyte for free, but they changed. They used to have this great layout and there was like, you know, like a community of people on there, uh-huh. like the kind of art dorks people and stuff. And then now it's just like, it's just posts and it's, it's a waste. It's like it's kind of like MySpace. Like there's not really a lot of people doing stuff actively on there, or at least commenting or talking about anything.
0: Yeah, it seems like there. Well, I remember I, I stopped posting when I changed a phone, and I didn't feel like adding the like Flickr option app. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel like signing in, so I was like, I'm just not even going to add that onto like my list of stuff that I'll post everywhere now. Yeah, and it's like it's just a fucking wasteland. But you know what had kept me along was that a bunch of old blogs that I made are all connected to those pictures that are on Flickr because it was used as like a hosting site. Okay. Instead of like posting something to my own website, which is a pain in the ass, you know, yeah. it was easy to post shit there. Beyond the community, I dude, I used to sell artwork off of there for sure. Get commissions and shit.
1: Yeah i I had the same, and it was, it was funny. My, uh. I don't know. My stuff's always, it's really, it's a stretch for, you know, for it to look the way it should online. So I was always super amazed, like if people contacted me on Flickr and they're like, you're doing a good job. And I'm like, (laughs) it doesn't look like anything. But so, yeah, it was, it was that for a long time. And then, you know, sometimes um, Facebook would do that, but Flickr was gold back in the day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that, I think the early addiction to likes, about through there too
1: (laughs) yeah you see like just that people are paying attention and you're like oh like even if no one comments you're like ah, someone's into that (laughs) it becomes
0: a weird analytics that is really just probably more confusing than it is like informational you know like it seems like you you post one thing and it's like oh well that's what the public likes because it gets the most likes or whatever but then Mm -hmm. i've been thinking a lot about like how like the shit that i post about that like feels important like doesn't get the amount of attention all the time, so like it's hard to judge what society is actually like falling interest to in a social media context, and then like what they are really adhered to out in society, like yeah, you know, or in terms of like what they would buy or something, you know in terms of like a market value of,
1: something. yeah, oh, I mean that's especially with artwork, it's so weird, like especially, you know, you put up something and you're like, oh, this is great. This is strong. And like, no one cares. Versus, (laughs) you Put up something and you're like, this isn't this is just like me goofing around and people freak out. And sometimes I wonder if it's just like it's more digestible or if it's like an easier to understand thing, like more relatable. And people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Versus if you have like some weird banger piece you do and they're like too deep. (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and who knows like that very well could be the be the case but then what does that say about society
1: i don't know like they just want
0: (laughs) just easily digestible materials that's why all our food's so soft i think
1: (laughs) yeah you can just gum it down
0: (laughs) you don't even have to chew it you just like smash it into your face Uh, so let's jump back i guess uh so have you been making art for a long time i know i've been seeing yourself at least since like the two late 2000s mid 2000s something around that range uh what's your what's your timeline where'd you grow up you 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 live in oakland now did you grow up in the, the west coast
1: no i grew up in uh i was born in chicago and uh i grew up in this little town called south bend indiana and uh I was there for a long time. Which is and, famous uh, for what? Uh, Studebaker, Notre Dame. Notre there's Dame, a, right. There's a band, Umphreys McGee, that came out of there. But other than that, there's not a lot. There was a great music scene there back in the day. But uh, other than those things, it's just kind of Rust Belt, little place, yeah. about an hour from Chicago. And uh, yeah, I, I always drew and I always kind of doodled and stuff and uh from there i- w- i went to school and i i did ceramics and like anthropology uh- uh-huh. and so I did work in school, but i wasn't you know i was, I was in college and I was just kind of fucked off and
0: where did didn't... the uh the anthropology uh come from was that was that an ambition early on like a like a childhood thing uh
1: well i loved I loved like paleontology. I was super into that as a kid. And I loved like old cultures and kind of indigenous cultures. And uh, in school, I had a couple classes. And at one point, like talking to an advisor, they're like, you know, you're already a quarter of the way or something towards getting that as a minor if you want to push it. And uh, I went to Arizona State for college and they had an insane program. So you could actually like, you know, look at skulls and like see those changes over time like yeah. how like the bottom of the neck moved and like how like certain teeth moved and like how the face shifted towards a forward view and like uh-huh. you'd see that stuff and it was just fascinating. Did you so see I-
0: those skulls that were going around the internet that were being proposed as non-human skulls those big like alien shaped head skulls?
1: Oh yeah from they're uh what the fuck is that called uh trepanning I think is the term for that it was like an aztec thing or a mine thing and they would it you know it's kind of like how in africa they do those body
0: uh, yeah. manipulations yeah right it's
1: it's a similar thing it was in the past but they would actually like elongate skulls or sometimes they would even like drill holes into the skull because they thought it was like they thought it was good for you yeah. for some <laughs>
0: relieving some pressure or something yeah exactly releasing some demons Yeah, well, you know the the guy that did the testing on those who who proclaimed them to be non human was also like the Bigfoot guy who like tested the Bigfoot remains and said it was a Bigfoot. Is it the
1: is it the same dude who's like I'm the only one who has the Bigfoot remains who like had the hoax before? Yeah, uh yeah, it was
0: like gorilla DNA or something. (laughs) It's sort of fucked up, right?
1: I and I grew up like loving that stuff too, and like sure. And a conspiracy you know it's fun it's like you look you kind of
0: not judging but you look like you might go search for bigfoot a little bit
1: yeah, you put some I'm, flannel
0: on your beard yeah. is hefty
1: sometimes i'm i'm cleaner cut but i i've been just like holed up for a couple months working so i've just like kind of let everything go it's
0: good beards but, are uh, important
1: yeah people don't know <laughs> it's uh i saw something once actually that there was uh in the indian world that like people who had big beards were actually more in tune. Like it almost functioned as like a cat's whiskers or something where you're like a little more alert or like yeah. aware. As, as if you have like antennas
0: cats. or something, you're like, uh, you're, you're becoming more of a person.
1: Yeah. More yeah, so, in tune. <laughs> yeah. Some extra
0: tentacles that are reaching out into the universe yeah yeah exactly that's funny so uh did your did your folks sort of push you into a creative path did you have some early inspiration that kind of led you into seeing that like this was a possibility um obviously besides oh you know what i want to ask you did you have like the the, about archaeology and uh anthropology like did you have the like you know it seems like we all have these like fascinating ideas that like these people get to go travel to like uh exotic places and go dig for and find history is it is is, is it is uh romanticized you know like that's how we look at it is it that is it that great did you get that far did you go to go no. do some digs and i know, i Indiana totally Jones? romanticized
1: about it and i you know i just had it as a thing that i was really into but i never got to go on a dig i kind of like applied for some things And I thought, you know, like, oh, I could I could draw stuff, but I couldn't ever draw realistically. So the idea of like properly, you know, uh, documenting these things was never there. So I I totally romanticized it, too. But from what I've heard, it's it's very much not this amazing thing. And it's more like you're in a
0: desert and you don't talk (laughs) to
1: people other than three other people for months. And then, you know, you just hang out and.
0: Cause that's yeah. like something you do as a kid. It's funny. There's kind of a connection between those two things in art, right? Like there's, there's something you do as a kid. Like I remember like going to the desert. Uh, you know, we used to go out to the, uh, the deserts east of San Diego out here, like on the border, of Arizona. And, sure. uh, there'd be like, all of a sudden you'd see something in the ground. And like one day me and my friend saw this like wire sticking out of like this off this pathway. We're like, what the fuck is that? so we went back to the house his grandparents lived in like out in uh it was in borrego i think and got a shovel went out there and started digging shit up like to see and it we we started unearthing uh unearthing like i'm all official it's funny Uh, it was like a like a um like a mine shaft that was only about like four by four maybe but you could Mm -hmm. see the planks were going down and we ended up finding there was like an old milk glass like the old style milk like a gla- nice. a gla- full non-broken glass buried in sand, um, like in a, like a like a weird shoe and some random shit, and like dug it down yeah. like four feet. But like that's the type of stuff you get into as like a young, you know, a young growing into like moving out of childhood as a young man, you know, like getting into your teen, yeah. like preteen, like you kind of get into like weird crazy shit like that. And it, that that's a co- there's a correlation between that and the, you know people say like being attached to making art as a kid you just kind of never give up on it you know it's i I think there's some similarities right
1: yeah and just some of the ideas like so i definitely like when i when i lived in chicago i mean we moved when i was like eight so i don't remember much but we lived across from this university and i'd go over there and they had these like rock beds and there were i don't know where the rocks came from but there were always like little fern fossils and little bugs and so I'd go kind of dig around for them and, you know, just nerded on it and Uh love that, like, exploratory element. And then, like, moving from there and living kind of in the woods, I'd just go, like, wander swamps and, like, forests all day. And, like, just same thing, like, maybe not look for artifacts, but, like, you know, pop over logs and find salamanders and just – it was just that, like, hunting for – yeah finding these little objects, and then um yeah with drawing i just i did it forever and kind of then went to school and I did it, but it was you know, I was in college i didn't care too much, yeah, and finished up, and uh I actually like went to another school to wrap up, and kind of there was that realization of like you know i'm twenty two and i don't care or have any motivation, like I should start getting serious. <laughs> And yeah, I, which is
0: hilarious, right? At 22, to imagine that you're actually getting serious, it's funny to think that right. now, right?
1: Well, and I'm, I'm as an aside, I'm always blown away when there's kids that do really good art when they're young, or that just have like a voice or a developed style when they're like 18. Because I'm like, I didn't know what the fuck I was. I mean, I barely know what I'm doing now, and I'm 32. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's just yeah, so,
0: it's weird. Phenoms it's are fucked.
1: Yeah, I like I slap like, those kids. Living in Oakland, like there's a couple dudes I've met that are like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and they're just like have such a defined style, and I'm just I'm blown away by that.
0: But on the other hand, you got to look at the fact that they've had a, a good chunk of information due to the availability of the internet their entire yeah. life from birth, yeah. you know, which is a difference. You even like just how exponentially fast we could learn things now. I think it it works even in, it has to work even in art. I mean, of course, there's going to be the exceptions of people. Because I remember there was like, there was always kids, like a couple kids that were just like phenomenal at drawing, like way ahead of everybody else. I wonder. I don't know. Because it seems like, you know, for almost every person and almost everything, it takes experience. Like, you have to make things and fuck things up and learn from the things that worked and, and learn from the things that didn't work. But some people just kind of already have it, you know, particularly with singing, I think is a is a good example of that. Like and part of that, you know what, I think a good chunk of it has to actually do with body shape, which sounds so weird. So, like, for instance, singers, you
1: got the, right, the right lungs or something for it.
0: Yeah. Or the even the right jaw shape, you know, like we all have different types hmm. of um, jaws, you know, like our teeth are always different from one another's like there's different yeah. widths and like curvature of the jaw. Which makes uh you know the tongue sit in your mouth a particular way, some people have smaller holes in their throat, you know some people like yeah. don't have that much space in their mouth, so they're probably not going to be that good a singer, or like you know they're
1: genetically like predisposed, yeah,
0: or... so it's like some you know you see these like five six year old kids that could sing their heart out, and if you didn't look, it could and you know it's obvious sometimes kids sound like kids, but have the capabilities of a voice range that most people don't you know it's like how you fucking were born with that almost to a certain extent right
1: yeah well and i mean sometimes it shows like again same thing like when you or when i hear about like a band in the modern era and you're like these kids are 19 years old and they have like a fully thought out album and sound and everything but like you know looking back to like think about early hip-hop like tribe called quest was like you know they're like 15 years old and they yeah. put out an album that's like gold standard. Still, and, and still dudes, holds up. Yeah, all those dudes were like so young as a. You know they're like start when they're 12 and they're just like goofing around and it's maybe it's maybe it's more like that muscle. Like if they start early on enough, it gets uh, they hit that 10,000 hours and they just post yeah. from there.
0: That's uh, I see it in jujitsu. I see these kids that are starting out at like four, five, six years old and are progressing so fast. And it's like, I'm watching little kids that are far more advanced than some adults that have been doing it for the same amount of time, which is, yeah, which is an example. I think it, it may not, you know, we may be just connecting two things and saying that it one correlates to the other, but it is a good, very good chance that it's the amount of information available. Plus, you know, I talk about this a lot too, like, uh, the sort of informational, uh, gifting of our dna i feel like sometimes uh what's happened in our parents and our grandparents lives uh plays a role in what we're capable and sometimes not capable of doing
1: like if you have nurturing parents versus like people that are indifferent No, or like... even
0: so i use the example of driving um i live in a neighborhood that is uh has a lot of people who were born in foreign countries and a lot of people who come from cultures where it's likely that their grandparents never drove a car, you know? So the, I use the example of my gen, my, my lineage has driven cars for four generations. So okay. in that four generational time, you know, something, you know, whatever, three, two or three generations. Uh, in that time that knowledge of driving a car has passed along even via DNA and and you know I'm just using this as a wild example it could be like being able to uh, grow basil well or something like some type of knowledge like knowledge actually gets passed in the informational part of DNA as opposed to just like the biological you know so I I I use the example of of people whose parents or grandparents never drove a car i can't expect for them to have uh an equal set of skills not that they're not capable but just in terms of predisposition to a certain set of knowledge makes me me for example or somebody else in some type of other example uh predisposed to be slightly more advanced does that make sense did that sound completely racist a little bit, right? No. It's not meant to sound. It's,
1: just, <laughs> it's, it's like situational. And, I, right. and I, I see what you're saying. And I, I think learning's a lot of it. And it could be like ambient learning where it's like, if you see someone do that and it's accepted versus like, I could see like if you didn't have a car and you have a car for the first time, it's like this weird, scary thing. There's no background versus like if you grow up riding around in a car, it's there. So it's second nature. It's never like this right. weird thing or nothing nothing you're intimidated by. And I, I mean, I see that same thing with the information age where it's like, if you're only learning from, from people and like, uh, you know, just talking to people like in a natural fashion versus today where you're like, I want to learn how to sing and like (laughs) look up and like figure out like proper exercises or, or like with skateboarding or with dance where like you see those advancements happen in fucking real time versus like, you know, back in the day, like, you'd get a vhs like <laughs> once every couple months and yeah. be like oh so this is what dudes are doing and get an idea versus like it's just right there minutes after it happens now like that that process is just crazily crazily sped up
0: yeah it, it is it's fucking immediate it's pretty amazing i've been i you know as an old guy i use that shit too i'm not trying to pretend like you know, we I talk about this stuff a lot, and it always almost sounds negative, like oh the good old days. But that shit was bullshit. Like trying to get information out of a book that took you like a week or two to get from a library, or even like history books. I imagine if we look at history books, like how how we were taught from history books, or even like you know any uh, any subject really, like it probably looks fucking completely remedial. Like I yeah. just the idea that you would get. Uh, any type of information about a, a war like what a war really is in like three like a chapter of a book yeah in high school is ludicrous and now there's a lot of fucking information about real knowledge that and you know who knows whether it's being absorbed because of the information yeah. the availability of everything else you know like, that's
1: that's what i was gonna say i, I think like in some sense like the old the old days like you could at least take in information a little better cuz there just wasn't as much and you had to kind of like put an effort in versus now like when there is immediate gratification i wonder and i'm totally guilty of it like how much how much it sticks versus it's like you look at it process it for 30 seconds and then it's just gone forever
0: yeah that's it. i've been working on trying to remember names uh, like people at my gym I've been really making an effort and what I'll do is like I'll introduce myself and you know meet somebody and usually I'll pick somebody who's in my family or like a really close friend who has the same name and try to connect them and it it goes in one year and it's gone no matter yeah. what it I, it takes me 3 or 4 tries but I even when I'm trying it goes in and is gone and it yeah. it has to do with that that thing like there's I just the amount of pieces of art that I look at on a daily basis now, yeah, is had, ludicrous. It's crazy.
1: I try and almost not. I've almost tried to like backpedal against that in the last couple months, six months or so, yeah, by that's like good. trying to not just not look at much, or if I look at something, like look at it a couple times, and because I have a I have a terrible memory, and I I do the same thing. I can meet someone and like instantly forget their name and it it just happens and you know maybe it's maybe it's the the parlance
0: of our times but uh, yeah it's <laughs> or it's uh, aging that's one of the things that it possibly is too yeah <laughs> so uh you're you're up in denver right now right
1: yeah i've been here uh since like around the new years and i've oh, been wow. kind of just hold up uh working on this uh show i have and it's it's pretty cool. It feels like a residency. I've I've done really small residencies before where it's like a week or two weeks, but yeah. uh, just unplugging and kind of not, I mean, almost as an example of what you're saying, like of not really thinking about anything else and kind of just trying to be laser focused on, on making work. Uh, yeah, it's a
0: good place to be. And if you're able to do that in like that type of environment, I think that's it's beneficial for sure
1: yeah if i could do it all the time it'd be (laughs) amazing but this is definitely like an experiment where i like subletted my place and knew that i had a free place to stay and to work uh here in denver so it's kind of like just that idea of like all right block everything out and not answer phone calls or emails for, for a month or two and it it gets pretty easy to like focus in
0: yeah that's good have you have you shown in denver before what's the what's the scene like up there
1: Denver's good. I I lived here for a long time. Okay. I I moved here in like 2006 and I was here up until uh like the middle end of 2012. So I was I was here a long time and it's uh it's a good scene. It's it's a small town. I mean, it's a you know, it's a city, but it's a small city, but it's uh there's a ton of people doing really good work and there's a ton of people that all are kind of supporting each other. Like there's just a really good network. So like moving here from being in like little towns or like just in general in Indiana, there was no art culture at all. So like just seeing that there was a community present that, you know, people go to each other's shows and uh, exchange information about like where to show or good uh, opportunities and stuff like that. Like I just never experienced that. So I, I love that about here
0: yeah so how's the how's the progression of the work going for the show can you talk about anything you got any like new ideas new things that you're you're excited to be showing
1: yeah i um well like something i'd always wanted to do but was kind of scary was just making having like the backbone of a show be like nine or ten like big kind of serious pieces yeah um just because like you know i i'd you'd sell one every now and then but most of the time like bread and butter is like the stuff that's like a couple hundred bucks right uh especially in denver
0: and that's also one of again one of those benefits right of doing something in-house is you can make some big things because you don't have to ship them either right
1: oh yeah and i work on paper too so it's always it's it if i do have to ship it it's nice but like if i if i have to frame and ship then it does start yeah. becoming a pain really quick
0: yeah for sure but
1: um so I made, you know, like, kind of eight or nine really serious pieces that I just kind of went full throttle on and then sort of made all this other stuff afterwards. And, like, having the amount of time I did, um, I kind of did my standard stuff, which is, like, uh, watercolor ink on paper, but then started doing these, like, weird sculptures and, like, weird kind of experimental canvases. And those were amazing. Like, I found... uh I think right when I left Oakland, I found like this old tin can that it didn't just smash to shit and rusted. And it was in the parking lot of my studio. And I was like, oh, this kind of works as like a little thing to just kind of do a drawing on. Mm-hmm. And then and then getting here, I found uh, one or two like old, old spray paint cans and uh, and started doing stuff on those. And then ended up that almost ended up being like a quarter or a third of the show where I've like. 10 or 11 of these things and uh it was fun they were just they felt like drawings they felt uh-huh. really natural but there was this great challenge of like working on this like gnarly broken surface and kind of trying to utilize that or still try and do the like lines the way i'd want them to look and uh did it feel like
0: did it feel like it gave you some freedom too, to kind of just do some different things like this is something that's been coming up a lot like the idea of uh just being able to do what makes you feel good and not really be concerned about it being like a particular thing for something, even though you're working on a show, it sounds like you're giving yourself some experimentation room.
1: Oh yeah. And I, I kind of always put, I always kind of experiment a lot on the stuff I'm doing where there's kind of a mix of like, excuse me, realized and just realized and just kind of like unconscious kind of line making or like just moving. Yeah piles of paint around. Um, so that was, yeah, that was almost more just like this extreme continuation of it where those were like thinking of them in context of drawings. But uh, the time to find them was actually a lot. Cause it had to be like, go to a spot where like 17 year olds would spray paint. So they uh-huh. would leave the cans and they weren't good cans. Like they're like shitty old ass. Yeah. They've been there since cans, the eighties. Ace hardware <laughs> cans. or like, you know, so I had to find them and they had to be there for a couple of years. So they themselves kind of became these artifacts
0: uh-huh.
1: that, uh, that I'd work on and like, you know, a couple of them were like too beat up or I'd have to like do weird little things to them. So having the time was, was huge because that let me just like push ideas even further and just go, you know, some, sometimes it was almost like full, like emotional painting, if that makes sense, where it's just like, moving stuff around in an abstract fashion and not going for any particular like,
0: yeah. Like not going point A to point B on purpose, like just allowing it to get there.
1: Yeah. Just totally disconnecting. Like, yeah. Like smoking, listening to music for like two hours and just uh, just pushing stuff around.
0: I just had Scott saw on the last episode and uh, we talked about this, like, but, when, what happens a lot when you're working on figurative stuff especially if it takes you a really long time like with him he's talking about like the amount of time it takes for one piece it's like do some abstraction do some stuff where you just push some paint around and see yeah. if you get that same joy from that process that you do from making the like really long-term figurative work and i've seen yeah. you've kind of made some transitions as well like with the um, figurative like you do a lot of work with birds a lot of uh architectural work but there's a you you're making a a cool mix of of abstraction mixed in with those things which almost gives it like a deterioration deterioration sort of i totally
1: think of it as deterioration
0: yeah is that a word am am i deteriorate i always say it wrong deterioration see i'm I'm predisposed to not say that word very well that's what i'll blame (laughs) that on (laughs) yeah so yeah, yeah, it seems like that's a, that's becoming a part of your work, like a, a little bit of destruction to these like yeah. some man-made stuff, some nature things.
1: It's been it's been slowly creeping in. I think like years and years ago I did I tried to do kind of really tight line work and I I just wasn't a, a really good drawer at the time, but I tried to do really clean lines and really realized objects uh-huh. and then at the same time I would do uh live painting every now and then where it's like, you know, you have an hour or you have two hours or something and you're around a crowd. So you have to like, just tune out amidst the craziness and just go and just go fucking crazy pretty much. Just like move as fast as you can. And at some point I think I started meshing those two. And then like over the last couple of years has been like just different percentages of that abstraction versus realized. And, uh, it's fun because it is like whenever i get bored i'll kind of switch from one to the other and those experimental pieces were absolutely that we're like working on a serious piece for three weeks like every couple hours be like all right i just gotta like blow off steam and just like make marks that have no purpose or anything and that's uh,
0: my next show is all about that shit it's just totally focusing on my attention deficit disorder and just like focusing just really short bursts on whatever I feel like and then moving on to another thing and then forgetting about that thing and working on another thing and then coming back to the other thing. So I'm notice,
1: uh, do you ever notice as you get older, like that you're almost more prone to abstraction?
0: Yeah. It's such a natural process. It's what it is. It's after like after about 10 years or more of figurative work, you just are, it's, it's not boredom because it's different than boredom. It's something separate. Like it's, it's almost as if some of the challenge starts to go away. Um, yeah. And then, but it's not so, it's not even so much that it's challenging because it always stays hard. It's never easy to do. And I think part of it becomes that you're tired of doing the thing that's, that's technically difficult when, you started, it was fun and then it's becoming sort of like just technically difficult and like a task
1: or it like feels like a job versus like you're just playing.
0: I think that's a big part of it. And there's something very freeing and sort of playful, like, but that's not to say that like abstraction things can be very dark, you know, but there's something, uh, is, you know, the idea of expressionism through a paintbrush seems kind of like silly to me. For, on some level, you know, like that emotion gets transferred through there, but yeah. I guess it's not different than say, like dance, like if because I can easily say that emotion can get expressed through dance very easily. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm contradicting my own self, but it seems kind of funny to express that way. But it seems like uh, it abstraction is about like ex- like experiencing emotion and then just. Like It's almost as if the painting itself is putting you in the state of mind to more be- uh, better understand your own emotion on some level. And I yeah. think that as artists, we, we think that that gets transferred. Maybe it does. Maybe people pick it up. But I think it's more about getting to a state of mind, doing a process to better understand ourselves on some level. And then I think some people just buy abstract art because it's like it like what we were talking about before. It seems like it's easily digestible, even though if you yeah. talk to the artist, or it's maybe, probably not. <laughs> maybe
1: it's it's just vague enough where it's like anyone can see anything they want. Well, that's a where good it's like,
0: yeah. That's a that's a strong point because I find the exact opposite because I do so much portraiture that portraiture is like an exact thing. It's supposed to be somebody that looks like no, (laughs) not at all. And there's something about people purchasing art that they don't want it to be very specific. Like they want it to have an ambiguity to fit into whatever their story is. I imagine I'm I'm just guessing. I'm just throwing that out there. I could be wrong too. I think
1: that's absolutely true. I I think like the majority of time when someone gets a piece for me, uh, they they're finding their own story. Like I remember once just as an example, like I had a piece and it was like just a, a lake and like little buildings and like a deer. And, uh, you know, I, I have messages and little subtle things in my work, but it, to me, it's never super important as much as it's like, you know, it's, it's like your journal. It's you like getting stuff off your uh-huh. chest in a right. sense. And, uh, this girl was like, Oh, that's Walden pond. My dad loved the That's what this is. And I was like, yeah, if you, if that's what you see, like, I, I think it's cool because then it's almost like whatever you're doing takes on more importance because someone sees this, like sees this potential that you never even saw. And you're like, wow. Like it just became, I don't know, more important or like greater than when you're just like, this is because I ate eggs on a Tuesday. <laughs> And, yeah. painted and you know <laughs>
0: what's even better like i've had numerous occasions where the the viewer had the exact opposite idea of what my initial idea was so like i would make some like anti-religious piece or so some side of, so some sort of anti-something piece and the the buyer would eventually almost all almost all a lot of times okay would end up having the opinion of the opposite side of whatever it was that I was being anti against Weird. like the, the, uh, you know, the sarcasm didn't go through, you know, uh,
1: art is the, that, that's always the worst. Yeah. Like, you, you can't <laughs> say like, you're not getting the joke because then they're going to, they're not going to pick it up or they're, yeah, gonna, they're not
0: going to like the piece anymore. They're
1: going to be called out. So yeah, they're going to be like, uh.
0: <laughs> I've had some very opposite like situations. It's pretty funny so when it your show is going to be in march uh coming up soon right
1: yeah it's uh it's march 15th
0: march 15th cool this show will be out um on the 6th i think so this coming up thursday so we'll be able to promote and if we cool. have any yeah. denver listeners get some extra people out to the show um where can we send people to check out your your interwebs you're on the social medias and everywhere
1: yeah um my site is com, and then i do the the f book and uh <laughs> f book that sounds so book. dirty <laughs> try and not give it too much significance but i hear you <laughs> it does a lot i mean it's so stupid but it people it yeah it's good but so I do that, and then uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm uh, witty banterism on there. Is it a just, wit- like, is weird. it a
0: witty banterism to have your name be witty, witty banterism? Would that be defined no, as one? No, it it's not
1: at all. It's absolutely not clever. <laughs> I but need it, uh,
0: to I need to look up what a, wit- a witty banterism is.
1: It's uh I, I had a well. So this almost goes back to MySpace too, where I had like a, I think that was my handle on there, and there was like some quote from Twain talking about it and it's banter itself is just like banter's like almost it's like like, talk, right? it's like what we're doing. It's, well, it's, it's inane, but it's also, it's just like, it's freestyle. It's like just going off the cuff and seeing what comes to mind. And like, there's one side of the argument that's like, it doesn't matter. But I, I think it's, I don't know. I used to like my fondest memories of like being a young punk is like hanging out with buddies and just like the five of us all like five or six of us like in a circle drinking beer and just like talking up shit nonsense you make running jokes on the fly and then right. just like amuse yourselves and like you know you don't always remember that stuff where it doesn't really hold but it's so because you're just open to interpretation or you're just like you're in that very accepting mindset like it's this real good interaction between people and like I see that with like live music that gets uh experimental or abstract and like with painting so it almost like kind Dang, applies, we kind of miss
0: so. out on that nowadays, right yeah. at least when you become an adult you know it seems like you miss out on that i think it's mostly the availability of the time but it's you yeah. seem to i and maybe it's single people get to still do all that. maybe it's people who are married and in long-term relationships that lose out on that stuff
1: Maybe I, I haven't had a relationship in a while, but I, I guess I would imagine like if you're married or in a long-term relationship, like you'd have enough back and forth where like you could just like,
0: Oh, there's, ramble. yeah, that banter is for sure. But I'm but thinking then it's
1: probably not acceptable to other people. Cause it's almost like you two speaking your language oh, dude. and other it, people are like,
0: what? It's funny. I was, uh, hanging out with, uh, two girls that are friends of mine and my wife and i will call each other bitch a lot you know like just yeah. in like a joking way like shut up bitch or you know like sh- in her more than me so but i was talking with a couple friends and she said something i was gonna be like shut up bitch and i was like oh wait i don't we, we don't have that, that type of relationship sense, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that i could just freely call you bitch and have that be understood in the proper context yeah it's like so they're not in
1: on the the joke or the understanding and so yeah.
0: my wife and i have a fucking completely bizarre language that only the two of us know it's pretty strange it's awesome yeah so cool man i uh i want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with me it was uh, a pleasure to get to uh to know you a little bit better um yeah man best of luck with the upcoming show and uh, we'll post some links on the the f book page and the the twit twit page as well the twatters um and yeah uh, thank you again for for taking the time i appreciate it. let's do internet dap hey,
1: dude thank you
0: yeah you're and, welcome uh,
1: maybe see you in uh real time
0: Wait, in the I bay do let's do knuckles. Well, Boom. In,
1: um i know you have a show coming up in the bay but i think um well, I oh you're gonna that, come down uh, huh i think i'm gonna go down to san diego in september so maybe we get to meet in real time then
0: yeah that'd be great i'll, I'll definitely be out for that if uh you come down we'll go get some lunch or uh, i'll show you around san diego have awesome. you ever been here before?
1: I, uh, I went out once. I got an old uh, skate buddy that lives there. So I went and, like, cruised around with him for a couple days. But it was, like, four or five years ago.
0: So it was a bit ago. Cool. We'll go check out some art or something.
1: Okay. I'd love
0: that. All right, Max. Again, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you soon. All right, man. All right, thank brother. You. Later. See ya. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo.
2: up to back, No batteries included and no strings attached. No holes barring. No time for move faking. Got's to get to lose so I can bring home the bacon. Brothers front. They say the trap can't flow but we've been known to do the impossible like break Joe. So sleep if you want. like who will help you get your Z's true. But here's the real scoop. I'm all that and then some short duck and have some bust a nut inside your eye to show you where I come from. I'm vexed. Fuming. I've had it up to here. My days of pain, dues are over. Acknowledge me is in there. Yeah! yeah. Head for the Watch the record from the jump street, meaning from the get-go Sit back, relax, and let yourself go Don't sweat what you heard, but act like you know Yes, yes, y'all Yes, y'all kaka like and Kompkin Check it, check it, check it out The loops for the troops More bounce till the ounce And Wow, how now, wow, how now, brown cow We're ill till the skill gets down For the flex Next is the textbook old to the new But the rest are doo-doo From radio to the video to Arsenio Tell me, yo, what's the scenario? True blues, scooby-doo, whooby-doo Scenarios, radios, rates more than four Scores for the scores, that mother dance floors Now I go for mine, shades and cheese short Here. Simply just the leader. Base in the space means peace. See you later. Later, later, later. later alligator. Pop blows a weasel and the herbs an inflator. So, yo, the D, what the O? Incorporated INC into a flow. Fuck, flip, black back, first, this, foul. Fight, 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 laugh. Yo, how that sound? Mission and we got the goods here. Yeah. Never on the left, cause my right's my good ear. Yeah. I could give a damn about an ill subliminal. Stay away from crown, so I ain't no criminal. criminal. I love my young nation, movie sensation.
3: No time for hibernation. Only elation. whatever not ever try to test want a little kid. Yo miss the bust of rhymes. Tell them what I, I heard. I did. You rush and rush and attack. Then they rebu- the smack, causing function throughout the sphere, raise the levels of the boom inside the ear. you know I did it, so don't violate or you'll get violated, the hip hop sound is well agitated, we'll never waste no time on a played out ego, so here's what's the lines with the scenario, watch as I combine all the juice from the mind, heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind, powerful impact, boom, boom. from the cannon, Never bragging, try to reap mind, just imagine, both can't feel, there is necessary, when digging into my library, oh! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, eating I do, stew like the one pizza tosser, Oh uh, oh uh, oh uh, all over the track man, uh, pardon me, oh uh, as I come back, as I did the I, I had to beg your pardon, when I travel through the turn I roll with the squadron, Row, Dungeon dragon, change the little with the pants are sagging. Try to sip the juice, I won't you in a turban. And heaven smelling right like some old stale urine. Chuckity choco, the chocolate chicken, the rear cock diesel, but cheeks they were kicking. Yo, bust it out before the buster busts another round. The rhythm is insane. Oh. The bows are on top, ah. tipping up the sound just like a radio. I've served the vibe, but check out the scenario. Go, yo, yo, go, yeah, my man never fucks So what, so what, so what, the scenario? Check it. Here we so i so